Welcome to the Occult London podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, the Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review, rate us on iTunes, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk, where you can subscribe to the show. In today's episode, I thought it'd be nice to expand a little bit on one aspect of the Tetragrammaton that is not mentioned much. This is the concept of Shemitah, or Cosmic Cycles. This is an idea that first begins to come to prominence in medieval thought, and is basically the concept of cosmic cycles known as Shemitah that are linked with the seven lower Sephiroth that emanate from the Great Mother. Each of these cycles of time is meant to have been active for approximately 6,000 years, corresponding to the six days of creation, followed by a period of a thousand years of chaos, corresponding to the days of rest during which the time the universe is torn down and rebuilt in the pattern of the succeeding Sephira. For each cycle there's a unique revolution, revelation of the Torah, which is the truth or the divine truth, and this is meant to be expressed in a new form, a new articulation of the Tetragrammaton. This is a concept that Gershom Sholem um, discusses quite a bit, and I quote, For the Kabbalists, the creation of the Torah was the process by which the divine name, or the divine Sephiroth, of which we have spoken above, emanated from God's hidden essence. The Torah, as the Kabbalists conceived it, is consequently not separate from the divine essence, not created in the strictest sense of the word. Rather, it is something that represents the secret life of God. And that's from Gershom Sholem on the Kabbalah and its symbolism. Also, the Spanish Kabbalist Joseph Gicatila He was a leading Spanish Kabbalist who wrote at the end of the 13th century and he said the following about these cycles. Know that the entire Torah is, as it were, an explication of and commentary on the Tetragrammaton, Yod-Heh-Val-Heh, and this is the true meaning of the biblical term God's Torah. From the perspective of this sort of traditional aspect, the current Shemitah that we're meant to be in is that of Gebura, and the next one is meant to be Tiferet. The current cycle is described by Gershom Sholem as follows. We are now in the Shemitah of Judgment, dominated by the Sephira, Gebura, and the principle of strict justice. Consequently, this must have been preceded by the Scimitar of Kesed, loving-kindness which is described as a kind of golden age. The author Leonora Leite in her book Kabbalah of the Soul also sort of talks about this as well and when she says the following each cosmic world or cycle endures for a Shemitah of 7,000 years dominated by a particular Sephira and the reading of the Torah appropriate to it our Shemitah being under the dominance of the Sephira of Geburah, or Din, 
the sephira that signifies Rigner's ju judgment. Traditionally, after the seven cycles of 49,000 years, there's meant to be a grand jubilee or a celebration when all of the lower worlds and the seven sephiroth are then reabsorbed back into Bina and the universe starts again. For each cycle, there's meant to be a unique revelation of this sort of divine truth which is expressed which represents the complete and true articulation of the Tetragrammaton. This doctrine of cosmic cycles or Shemata that is not really mentioned in the Zohar, um, however it does play an important part in some of the older or earlier Kabbalistic thinking. One of the main places we find this cosmic cycle idea in relation to the Kabbalah is in a quite obscure text really which is known as the Sefer HaTemuna Sefer HaTemuna which means the Book of Configuration which is basically a book of the Hebrew letters or a book of the image which is a reference to the image of God this title is referring to the idea that the 22 Hebrew letters are products of God's power and that they also form the image of God as the divine being appears in the world of the Sephiroth. Every Sephiroth is meant to be an aspect of God. This text is, it first appears around 1250 in Catalonia, um, written by an unknown author, but uh, lots of scholars these days have kind of attributed that it may be to the thinking of Nehunya ben Hakana and Rabbi Ishmael who lived around the 1st and 2nd century. It's a very difficult text to understand and experts tend to agree that it may be a representation of an earlier oral tradition where the book acts as a key. I was trying to find an English translation of this text um, for this episode but unfortunately couldn't find one so if anyone knows where I can get one, that would be great. In the text itself, the author discusses this belief that the worlds are created and destroyed, and he also supports this theory with a quote from the Midras, God created universes and destroys them. The, ta the Talmud, Sanhedrin 97a, also states that 6,000 years shall the world exist and 1,007th it shall be desolate. This idea of seven year cycles also connects quite well with the book of Deuteronomy chapter 15 that discusses seven year cycles. The Sefer HaTamuna also talks about the 7,000 year cycle is equivalent to one sabbatical cycle because there are seven such cycles per jubilee and on that basis the author concludes that the world will exist for around 49,000 years. It also discusses that the final Shemitah, which would be Malkut, because obviously we're descending down the tree as being a utopia. Kaplan talks about this in his book um, that the these cycles 
mentioned in this Sefahat Tamuna can also be used as a basis for calculating the age of the universe. And there's been quite a lot of debate about this, with some sources suggesting that we're in the second cycle, others in the seventh. If that was so, then Adam would have been created when the universe was 42,000 years old, and six worlds would have been destroyed before that. There was a Kabbalist um, in the 13th century, however, known as Rabbi Isaac ben Samuel of Acre, who also agreed with this theory, but he also said that when calculating the age of the universe, you must use divine years rather than human. So he said the following, I, the insignificant Yitchak of Akko, have seen fit to write a great mystery that should be kept very well hidden. One of God's days is a thousand years, as it says, for a thousand years are in your eyes as a fleeting yesterday. Unfortunately, there's not much more discussion about that. It doesn't really expand further. But obviously, people have played with that idea and expanded it further and said that if you argue that one of our years is is if one of our years is 365 days then a divine year would be 365 250,000 years Kaplan also takes this further and then calculates the actual age of the universe as being somewhere around the region of 15 billion years old 15 to 16 billion years old. So if a physical year contains 365 days and then we multiply it by a thousand, that gives the, the length of a divine year. So it's an interesting theory um, and It is quite interesting from the fact that the the numbers they were coming up with, these Kabbalists in the 12th century, 13th century, the numbers they were coming up with of the age of the universe actually do correlate to some of the data. Um, there was recently a project called the ESA Planck Project that calculated the age of the universe as being 13 point seven nine nine billion years old so we can see that there is actually a, you know it's reasonably close it's in the same ballpark um, and the Kabbalists are doing that purely with uh, gematria with the Kabbalah whereas the scientists are using different methods um, so it, it's interesting that they, they kind of came up to the same same area and this is quite interesting how magic and science are beginning to, you know, connect together. And obviously the Hebrew letters are incredibly important in all of these elements. As we've seen in our previous episodes, Hebrew letters are invested with special power and meaning um, in the Kabbalah. And this can be seen particularly in the Sefer Yetzirah, when it says... The following story of creation is based on the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. 
in particular, the Tetragrammaton. The Sefer Yetzirah is quite a mysterious text. It's one of the earliest books on Jewish mysticism. The origins of the book are not very clear. However, it's traditionally been ascribed to being written by the patriarch Abraham. The purpose of the book is generally agreed to have been to describe how the universe came into being. And in the book, the Tetragrammaton and its role in the creation is described as follows. He selected three letters from among the simple ones and sealed them and formed them into a great name, yod Vau. And with this he sealed the universe in six directions. He looked above and sealed the heights with yod Hey Vau. He looked below and sealed the depth with yod Vau Hey. He looked forward and sealed the east with hey yod Vau. He looked backward and sealed the west with hey Vau yod. He looked to the right and sealed the south with Vau yod hey. He looked to the left and sealed the north with Vau hey yod. Behold, from the ten ineffable Sephiroth do proceed the one spirit of the gods, of the living air, water, fire, and also height, depth, east, west, south, and north. The 13th century scholar Nahemides discusses also that the Torah could be read differently through different pronunciations and word divisions, and this idea was later built on by the author of the Sefer Hatamuna, who also discusses that the the Torah, or this book of the truth, can be read in different ways during each Shemitah, or each one of these cycles. This idea is discussed nicely by um, Gershom Sholem again, um, when he says the following. The Torah is in essence the primordial Torah, contained in or sprung from God's wisdom. The letters of this primordial Torah are, hud- are hidden within the divine wisdom. Their form and order are utterly beyond our knowledge. For us, they have neither form nor limits, but with every Shemitah, this hidden perfect Torah enters into a state determined by the dominant attribute of God. And in this state, the Torah becomes the revelation pertaining to this Shemitah. Thus, in every Shemitah, the absolute essence of the Torah is relativized. Within the organic unity of each eon or cycle of creation, this Torah is a legitimate form, the only form in which the Torah can be apprehended and hence irrevocably valid for the duration of this eon. In other words, in every Shemitah men will read something different, because in each one the divine wisdom of the primordial appears under a different aspect. So in each cycle, the letters not only appear differently, but also enter different combinations. And in each cycle, their arrangement into words. And obviously their meaning will be completely different. Another interesting point that's discussed in this uh, book, the Tamuna, is the concept that there is one letter missing 
um, from this this kind of divine word that will be revealed and that letter will only be revealed when it moves to the next sephira and this idea is expanded on in by Lawrence Kushner in his book the book of letters which is really worth reading where he says every defect in our present universe is mysteriously connected with this unimaginable consonant and that as soon as the missing letter is found it will transform life as we know it and bring about unimaginable love Kushner discusses this concept and suggests that the letter Shin uh, might possibly be the one for this time as this is the letter that appears um, on the Tefillim and it's also interesting from the point of view that in the Tetragrammaton that Shin gives us the name uh, Yeheshua as well if you combine the two so it's an interesting idea, this idea that there could potentially be a new iteration through the inclusion of a new hidden letter for each cycle. Ultimately, these are our theories, beliefs and philosophies that we, we're in no way able to prove in terms of science. However, I think you know what is significant is how important this sacred word has been throughout the ages both as a tool for transformation deep meditation initiation and mystery the one thing we can say is that these mysteries of these letters this sacred word continue to hold a fascination within the western mystery tradition and can offer really deep insights if used for meditation and contemplation That's all we have time for this week. However, I wanted to end this episode with a poem on time as we've discussed this quite a bit in this episode from the wonderful author Ursula Le Guin. This is The Hymn to Time. Time says let there be every moment and instantly. There is space and the radiance of each bright galaxy and eyes beholding radiance and the gnats flickering dance and the sea's expanse and death and chance time makes room for going and coming home and in time's womb begins all ending Time is being and being. Time, it is all one thing. The shining, the seeing, the dark abounding. Thanks very much for joining us this week on the Occult London podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Please make sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. Thank you and good night.